Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Book of Mormon lesson. This is going to be lesson number 25, covering Alma chapters 17 to 22. And uh, this will be for the period June 22nd to the 28th. Now, this is about the uh, missionary efforts of uh, some of the sons of Mosiah, uh, Ammon and Aaron and the other ones. And so uh, this is uh, going to be uh, backing up in time about 14 years to the missionary stories of the sons of Mosiah. So this whole section here is going to be a flashback, as it were. All right. Um, because there's so much in this, I'm going to just kind of give some highlights of uh, some of this that's going on. Um, so the brothers uh, mentions in the first few verses how they prepared for their missions is by much prayer and fasting, uh, that they had the spirit of prophecy as mentioned in verse three of, verse, of chapter 17, they had the spirit of revelation. And when they taught, they taught with power and authority. And that's how we should as missionaries go forth uh, that we that they uh, that we need to be teaching with the spirit and being able to have the spirit of prophecy as we do so. Uh, it also mentions uh, in verse nine that they traveled many days in the wilderness uh, and they went to uh, different groups of people here. Um, <clears throat> verse 10, it came to pass the Lord did visit them with his spirit. He said, be comforted, and they were comforted. Uh, down to verse uh, 21, Ammon was carried before the king, so he's captured. He did this on purpose, basically, uh, to be captured by the king. And he is taken into the king's um, place, and uh, he's brought before the king. Uh, verse 21, Aaron, or Ammon was carried before the king over the land. Uh, the king inquired of Ammon if he, if he had a desire to dwell among his people, and Ammon says yes. Uh, now in verse uh, 24, uh, Ammon is given a, uh, an opportunity here where the king, King Lamoni, offers him his daughter, and uh, Ammon graciously uh, says thanks but no thanks. I'll just read this uh comment here from Brother Nibley. Um, you can take it or leave it. There are two ways to look at the offer given to Ammon. The first is that King Lamoni was so impressed with him and his commitment to dwell among the Lamanites that he wanted to honor him with the marriage of his daughter. The second is that the king's daughter was so beastly to look at that there were no Lamanites in the entire kingdom that would have her hand in marriage. Under this interpretation, King Lamoni was trying to pawn off his homely daughter on the first Nephite he could find. The reader is left to choose which of these interpretations is correct. Offering his daughter in marriage was how the king proposed to bind Ammon to his people. So you can pick and choose which of those interpretations you want. Um, so Ammon uh, is allowed to uh, to live with the people. He's uh, assigned to be with a group of uh, uh, servants that uh, have the flocks of the king. Now we don't know what they are flocks of, and as you think about it, when the, when they're easily able to scatter the flocks, that doesn't sound like sheep because sheep usually stay together, even though they might be running away. They tend to do that together, uh, and so these are probably not sheep. 
that are being scattered. So the Lamanites, a uh, group of Lamanites has come to the waters and they scatter the sheep of, uh, of the king. And of course the servants are upset. They're crying. They're saying we're going to be killed because we've lost the sheep or we've lost this flock of whatever they are. And Ammon uh, thinks, oh boy, this is great. Um, and he says, um, because of this, he's going to be able to, to help them and to show his great power uh, unto deliverance here. And so they, they uh, take courage. He, he convinces them to go gather the, the, this flock. And so they do. They bring them back to the water. But the Lamanites come back and they're going to try to scatter them again. Uh, in verse uh, 34, he says, you know, surround them. Uh, and then I'll go contend with these guys myself. And so, um, of course, there's a lot of Lamanites, and, and they're not afraid of Ammon because he's just one guy. And uh, as they go forth, he, uh, he with his sling, it says, um, in verse 36, he began to, to cast stones at them, and he did kill six with the, with the sling. And he also killed one with the sword, uh, the leader he kills with the sword. And then it mentions that he anybody that raised up his uh, hand against them or his arm against them, he cut off their arms. And so uh, he's able to cut off the arms of those that try to attack him. Now, of course, the servants are probably just stunned and watching this going, what the heck? I don't, I don't think that's scriptural. But anyway, they're they are astound, astonished at this. And so they actually gather up all the arms. Now, this uh, gathering of limbs like this is not an uncommon thing. Um, for those that fought anciently, if they were mercenaries, in other words, they were being paid to fight, uh, the, the method of payment or the means of payment was to determine how many people you actually killed. So oftentimes they would cut off a thumb or a hand or some other part of the body and bring it to the king to, so they could tell how much uh, payment they were supposed to receive. So this was a normal thing for them to do, to bring the, the limbs to the king to show him. And so they, they are pretty astonished. So in chapter 18, uh, they they do this. They testify to the king of what's happened. That this is a great uh, person, and the king obviously thinks he's the he's the great spirit. Uh, then the king says, "Well, what's he doing right now?" And they said, "Well, he's preparing your horses and chariots because you said that's what we were supposed to do." And he's now even more astonished. And so uh, after Ammon gets done with that, he he brings the or he comes into the to the palace there, and and uh, because he's finished preparing all the horses and chariots and so on for the king. And, uh, but he notices that the king, uh, that his uh, countenance has changed, it said. But, uh, but then in verse 13, that one of the king's servants says, Rabbana, uh, which is being interpreted as a powerful and great king. And, uh, and so he, he stops and, and says, you know, what can I do? How can I help? But the king uh, doesn't talk. He doesn't speak. Uh, but then, the, the, then um, Ammon is given impression by the spirit uh, and says, what desirest thou? But the king answered him not. And then he says uh, in verse 16, is it because thou hast heard that I defended thy servants and thy flocks and slew seven of, thy, of their brethren? And then the king is astonished again that he knows his thoughts. Uh, 18 says, when the king heard these things, he marveled for he, he beheld that Ammon knew and discerned his thoughts. And so now Ammon um, is going to be able to have an opportunity here to teach the king. Notice that he, he doesn't uh, teach him first, but rather he becomes his servant to become his friend. And then when he's, he's done that and, and the king knows that he's a good guy, then he's given an opportunity then to speak and to preach the gospel to him. And uh, that's what Ammon is allowed to do. Uh, and, and Ammon begins with a question to know where, where King Lamoni was at in his understanding. 
And in verse 24, he says, believest thou that there's a God? And he says, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And then he said, you believe in a great spirit. And so Ammon is finding some common ground here where to start from. And then from that, he's going to be able to preach the gospel to him once he understands that. Then he asks, then he tells him that this is God, and then he begins to explain the creation. He also uh, explains to him the fall and the atonement, uh, since all of this is new to King Lamoni. And uh, he explains all of these things to him. And uh, in verse 40, it says, he said all these things and expounded them to the king, that the king believed all his words. And he began to cry unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, have mercy according to thy abundant mercy, which thou hast uh, upon the people of Nephi. And now when he had said this, he fell to the earth as if he was dead. So now Lamoni is having a spiritual experience here. He's being overcome by the spirit <clears throat> and uh, has been taken uh, into the, to the room, to the chamber of some kind where he's, uh, where he's laid for a couple of days. Uh, then in chapter 19, the servants um, come to the queen and tell her all that's happened. And uh, they, she at first says, um, let's see, the queen in verse 2, the queen having heard of the fame of Ammon sent for him to come forth. And she said, the servants of my husband have made it known to me that thou art a prophet of a holy God. Um, and that he is on his deathbed, we think, and the people think that, but uh, to me he doesn't stink, and so I'm not going to bury him. And so the, he says, just wait till tomorrow, and on this, at this time tomorrow uh, he'll awake. And so then uh, in verse 7, uh, the queen desired of him that that was his only desire. Therefore, he went to see the king and he explained all of this to him. And uh, he asks her if she believes and she says yes. Um, then it came to pass that she watched over the bed of her husband and uh, it came to pass that the next day that he awoke. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he says in verse 13, I have seen my redeemer and he shall come forth and be born of a woman and she shall redeem all, and he shall redeem all mankind who believe on his name. And so now he's beginning to teach, uh, teach the people here, teach his wife. And uh, verse 14, Ammon, seeing the spirit of the Lord poured out according to his prayers upon the Lamanites, who had the cause of so much mourning among the Nephites, uh, he fell upon his knees to pray. And so now they've all three, the king, the queen, and Ammon, have uh, all fallen to the earth. And then when the servants see this happening in verse 15, they also uh, pray and they are also overcome. And then in verse 16, we have a woman who uh, has already been a convert for a while, but she just didn't let anybody know about it. Um, her name is Abish. And it's unusual that a woman's name would be mentioned, especially when she's not royalty or an important uh, person, genealogically speaking. Um, but this is unusual. So there must be something more in the story um, than what we have from from Mormon's abridgment that may have been something that where she was a little bit more important than what we know. Uh, anyway, she's not. We don't hear much about her except for this ex, this brief experience. Now, uh, as these people are unconscious and and uh, the people have kind of rushed to the building here to see what's going on. Uh, in verse 22, one of them, whose brother had been slain uh, with the sword by. Uh, by Ammon sees that Ammon's unconscious and so he decides he's going to to draw forth his sword and kill Ammon. Now, I'm not sure if this is one of the guys that only has one arm left or what but uh, as he as he uh, raises his sword uh, he falls dead and the rest of the people see that and they're afraid because they know that Ammon can't be killed um, and so now there's a, a kind of a discussion that's going on or an argument that happens. Now Abish decides that she's going to stop the contention so she goes and and uh, in 29, took the queen by the hand. It was probably against the law for a woman or anybody to touch the king. And so she touches the queen instead. 
and uh, and so she awakes, and then she um, uh, goes and touches the king and wakes him up, and so now they're all awake, and now they're going to administer to the people here and uh, teach them the gospel, and so there there will be many that will believe it's it's a great thing to convert a king because then you can convert all the people, and so King Lamoni is going to give permission for the preaching of the gospel among his people so that there's not any hindrance to that and then uh, and then this will be a great blessing to the Lamanites chapter 20 the Lord after this sends Ammon to Madonai to uh, deliver his brothers from prison uh, now remember also in these chapter in this chapter that um, that uh, King Lamoni's father had called for a feast of his sons and for those of his kingdom for a great feast and this is kind of one of those mandatory feasts that if you don't attend you're in deep trouble with the king. Well, remember that uh, Lamoni is unconscious during the feast, and so he doesn't go there. But uh, but uh, during in chapter 20, then Aaron is told not to, or Ammon is told not to go to where Lamoni's father is because he would be killed, and so he goes instead to where his brothers are, are in prison. But along the way, they meet with uh, Lamoni's father. In verse 8, uh, they meet with Lamoni's father, who's king over all the land. Now, the difference here is that had Ammon gone to uh, the land where the king was living, and if he, if he had gone into the palace, uh, he probably would have been unarmed and unable to defend himself. If the king had chosen to kill him, he probably would have, uh, even though Lamoni may have objected. Uh, in fact, Lamoni may have also been killed. Uh, but we don't. Uh, but that's not what happens here. So Lamoni and and Ammon meet with the meet the king's father, meet Lamoni's father um, on the way to uh, another place, and uh, Lamoni's father is just furious that Ammon is with Lamoni, and so he tells his son to kill Ammon, and he he refuses to do that, and so then Ammon or the king gets really mad, and he starts to um, he wants to kill his son and. Uh, but Ammon defends him and says, no, you're not going to do that. Down in verse 24, Ammon saw that he had wrought upon the old king according to his desire. So Ammon now is saying to the king, um, you know, don't harm your son and don't don't uh, be angry with him that you take away his kingdom. In fact, I want you to him to keep his kingdom. Uh, otherwise, you're going to lose your life. And so when the king realizes that Ammon is defending his son and that he's not going to kill him, uh, he's going to get he's going to also let uh, let Lamoni retain his kingdom and actually have it all to himself. Uh, then down in chapter 21, in the the other uh, other brothers here, Ammon and, um, or I'm sorry, in verse 2, uh, the Amalekites uh, and the Amulonites, uh, this is where Aaron goes to. Uh, so he's he, he kind of has, to, he's fallen in, in with a more hardened group of people. These Lamanites are were more hardened than the people of King Lamoni. Uh, and so unlucky Aaron uh, comes across these people. Um, and so he's teaching them uh, in this in this place in verse 7. It says, Aaron said, Believest thou the Son of God shall come? And they said, No, uh, we don't believe any such thing. Um, and so they had to leave. Uh, and it says in verse 12, It came to pass they saw that the people would harden their hearts. Therefore they departed and came over to the land of Madonai. And there they endeavored to teach also by the, the Spirit here. And uh, came to pass that the Lord began to bless them. So the people, uh, their um, Ammon did preach to the people of King Lamoni. It mentions in verse 23. And then skipping down to chapter 22. Uh, Ammon was thus teaching the people of Lamoni uh, continually. And uh, 
And now we go to um, the that uh, Aaron has been um, released from prison. Um, and so he's going to teach Lamoni's father. And now verse 5, it says, uh, what is this that you have said concerning the Spirit of the Lord? So uh, Lamoni's father is in a place where he can ask questions. And so he does. And Aaron answers those questions. And so Aaron is then going to teach him the gospel beginning in verse 12. He's teaching him about the creation, the fall, and the atonement as well. That's the basics to start from. And so that's what he's teaching uh, Lamoni's father. And then it says uh, in verse 12, after Aaron had expounded these things, that that his father or the king said, what shall I do? And then Aaron says, if you repent, bow down and repent and ask God for forgiveness for your sins. And then in verse 18, he says, oh, God, Aaron hath told me that there is a God. And if there is, and if thou art God, wilt thou make thyself known unto me? And I will give away all my sins to know thee. And this is what, what uh, we should all be trying to do as well. We should be giving away all our sins to know God. Uh, this isn't just for the Lamanites, but this is about us as well, that we should be in the place of the king of the Lamanites here uh, to ask God for uh, deliverance from our sins, that we should give them up and be willing to do that. And I bear testimony that this is true, that we need to uh, be like King Lamoni's father here and, and be willing to give away all our sins to know God and receive personal revelations from him. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.